How do you build a highly successful, kind company? I built an eight-figure global sustainable brand by the age of 28, and now I'm building Kind Community into a portfolio that helps create a healthier and more sustainable future. In this podcast, I share the many failures and lessons I've learned in scaling my own purpose-driven brand, working alongside the largest, most recognizable brands in the world, and helping you do the same. So if you're interested in kind leadership and making this sustainable, attainable, and accessible, this is for you. Hi, and welcome to the Kind Community Sustainability Podcast. I'm your host, Janavelli, and on the show, we uncover the stories, tactics, and skills of people doing great things for the planet and turn their experiences into practical advice that you can use to impact your own life and those around you. Did you know that around 300 billion plastic bottles are produced every year, with around 75% of them not being recycled? A one liter PET bottle uses 162 grams of oil, producing the equivalent of the CO2 emissions of a, driving a car for one kilometer and around seven liters of water to produce it. And then that bottle takes around 450 years to degrade. In today's episode, you will hear our conversation with Suki Sindhu, co-founder of Noble Thirst. Noble Thirst are the UK drinks brand that are unbottling the water market by combining an efficient, affordable, and more sustainable supply chain that produces bottled water that uses less carbon footprint than the plastic alternatives. Noble's UK source natural spring water is packaged in square cartons, which are 100% recyclable, 95% plant-based, and proven to generate 41% less CO2. Their packaging being mostly made of trees, they felt it important to make sure that more trees are being planted than being used. So they're planting one tree for every case of 12 that's sold. The sustainability journey doesn't stop there. Noble are investing in zero CO2 emission transportation and a UK-based facility that's powered by renewable energy. They offset their carbon footprint of their workforce uh, by planting trees and pay a real living wage to employees. Noble's impact as a business is inspiring and with and them committing to donating 1% of their total sales with 1% of the planet and the further 5% of their profits being donated to charities and non-profits. Hi, Hi. Suki, Hi. how are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm, I'm brilliant, thank you so much. Um, so tell us the defining moment that drove you and your co-founder to start Noble Fair. Um, I think it was more of a, a series of defining moments, really, because um, my co-founder, Rav, and I, we're cousins. So we were having Sunday lunch, and as you do, these things get take you know, hours sometimes. And we started writing all the wrongs of the world and, and trying to fix everything at one sitting. And um, so we got to a point where we're like, okay, well, we started talking about products and actually fast fast moving consumer goods and it was just like well you know so many people are concentrating on one one piece of the puzzle and that actually triggered something between all of us and we're all between us and we started thinking well actually let's put a list of you know um, things together and we started the conversation and for months afterwards we'd come back to each other well actually because we quickly realized we're on the cusp of this green tech revolution 
where everything can be done a lot better than it is right now. And actually, there is a correlation between lowering your carbon footprint and actually lowering, lowering the cost of the product. So we, we kind of put together a plan to, to build a complete supply chain that really reduces and cuts down a lot of the um, carbon footprint within the drinks industry. Okay. So, yeah, there was, there was a whole, whole host of... That was about three years ago, by the way. Okay, amazing. So I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners that are thinking, you know, why, why bottled water and not tap water? Okay, well, that's a really good question, right? Because it's like, firstly, we're a big advocate of tap water, right? And advocate of actually using reusable bottles regardless. So whether it's tea, coffee, tap water, Ribena, whatever it is you enjoy, if you can take it out on the go and that's convenient for you, please do that because we, as you said earlier, we're already we're using way too much stuff. But at the same time, we live in a we live in a um, a society where convenience is you know is one of the top factors in people's decision making processes. So as much as we can urge people to use reusable bottles, there's still a huge market for convenience products. So what we want, what we aim to do, is give people a sustainable alternative to other drinks. We all know water is healthier than most other drinks on the market, anyway, right? There's no sugar, there's no calories, but so it's never a matter. We, you know, it's not a matter of us versus tap water. It's versus us offering a more sustainable option than the seven billion plastic bottles of drinks that we currently consume just in the UK. Mm. So, so what has been or perhaps still are some of the biggest challenges faced when ensuring sustainable practices are an integral part of your business processes? Well, it, I think for us, it's a constant learning curve. You know, I've got a background with FMCG, food and drinks. Uh, my business partner, Rav, has come from a finance background. So we're learning every day. So we're, we're le- you know, it's on us to learn from other people in the industry. We work with sustainable consultants and bring people in that know more than us, right? And it's kind of that, that is a big part of our journey. And I think we accept that this is not, it's not uh, a finite amount of stuff you can learn. It's, there's, it's a constant journey that we can all do better every day. So you can do better, I can do better, we can all just do better. It's kind of what we, what we talk about on a lot, um, daily basis. So I, you recently, um, we're at a, a Global Drinks conference and you were talking about your r- road to net zero carbon. Can you tell us a bit more about that journey? Yeah, um, it's, yeah, thank you. I, I, I hope you watched it. It, was, uh, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it wasn't the, uh, the most entertaining viewing, but it was really useful for people because that, um, that journey to net zero is important that we understand that offsetting is one way, that is a really quick way to get there but it actually is not solving the problem because the concentrators, we're still producing all the CO2 and the concentration is getting higher and higher. So unless we're offsetting probably twice, seven times as much as we're creating, we're never going to solve the problem. So it's really about cutting down the CO2 before, it, before offsetting. At that point, though, we've got to remember everything uses some sort of carbon emission in its production. So, but there are... Um, it's about building supply chains, which is not the most sexiest subject in the world, but it's about bringing, it's building those supply chains that really reduce those footprints and installing 
um, principles within your business. So one of the things that we do within our business is um, as well as trying to implement um, renewable energy and materials throughout the entire supply chain, we're also made um, commitments to not sell our products directly to anyone more than a thousand miles from our source. So it's it, because you know drinks are heavy and they they require a lot of energy to move. So we understand that actually we really want to reduce the carbon miles um, mm. within within the drinks industry. Right. Yesterday we were speaking a bit more about kind of the decision making processes where, where, that made you land on the current product packaging design. Could you yes. explain some of those thought processes, say going from glass bottles, considering cans and that sort of stuff? Yeah, so so when we um, when we were in the process of thinking about the business and how we were gonna structure it, for us, it was really important to understand, to have a metric. You know, both, of a, both Rav and I have come from backgrounds where everything is measured and, you know, you need to kind of, and so rather than using vague terminology um, about our business, we're like, okay, well, let's give ourselves something to measure ourselves on. And that's why we set the carbon footprint, which is the biggest measure of um, change, is the biggest change we can make to reduce our, reduce, um, our footprint. So we started, well, started looking at that and started th- understanding quite quickly that it's about using renewable materials and energy. So whilst, yes, our products are made predominantly of plants, so, you know, that's the combination of things like, um, obviously, 75% paper and uh, 21% plant-based plastic. It's really important for us that they are renewable, and we need to use as many renewable materials as we can. Um, and like you said, you know, we, we evaluated things like glass, which is great, which is a great material as long as you're using it lots and lots of times because as a single use issue as a single use product it's heavy quite into carbon intensive to produce and quite carbon intensive to recycle so you've got to factor all these measurements in so sometimes a product a material that's great for one thing isn't great for another and it's just understanding those balances and and trying to drive and using a metric like uh, your co2 emissions as a as a measure you- I mentioned in the intro that you're you're offsetting, you're re, you're planting more trees than you use, um, and that the journey to net zero is more than just offsetting. Uh, it's you know making those decisions that are as sustainable as possible, getting down that carbon footprint as, as close to zero as possible in the first chance. Yeah. But you also commit to you know what was the decision behind committing to um, offsetting more of your carbon than. Well, we yeah, firstly we so we um, the, because we need we need to we know that yeah we know that uh, existence is good for business right yeah we know that we want uh, what the humanity to be around for hundreds of years from now rather than just um, you know corner ourselves into a CO two and disaster so the reason we need to do that is because it needs to be done so we're, as well as offsetting the carbon footprint of our products we're offsetting the carbon footprint. Of the people within our business as well, mm. um, and so it's 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 effectively trying to leave the planet a little bit better than we found it. And if we all do that, we we stand a chance. Right. Yeah. So there's 
you know, there's often feelings of disempowerment because of the scale of um, the crisis that we're facing. And it seems that switching to reusable coffee cups, reusable bags, swap, swapping to green alternatives sometimes feels like a, you know, a band-aid solution over the irreversible damage that plastics has already created. Mm. Um, as individuals, what would be your advice in tackling the war on plastics? What other things can we be doing in addition to these small life habit swaps? The, my answer is there is no magic pill, right? It's it's going to be small things. It's every it's going to be the combination of you doing those small things, me doing those small things, and everyone listening to this making those changes and combining those changes are going to are, is what's going to make a big difference. Um, you know, if we're if we're waiting for some magic thing to happen that will suddenly take everything away with virtually no effort, right? It's not going to happen, right? So let's all make little changes because it is about little changes. And you know what we're doing is kind of one small change. So, you know, you choose this over an alternative, and you're making one better change. And that's that's all you can do with every single action. And we, you know, nobody's perfect, right? It's that old adage of every um, every sinner has a future and every saint has a past, right? We can all do better. Right, we can all do that little bit better every day. Yeah, and it's how you achieve anything. Sure, and those tiny incremental positive changes, more conscious decisions, compounded up over the amount of times you take those actions, compounded up over the billions of people globally, will have a have a more. And they become and they become habitual, right? So they yeah. become habits, right? So That's the first time it's difficult, the second time you're thinking about it, the fourth and fifth time it's just a thing you do. Um, so, so yeah, it's definitely about getting into those good habits as quickly as possible. What companies do you take inspiration from and which leaders do you most admire? So it's a really good question, right? There are, um, there are people all over the planet, like, um, in terms of leaders, yeah, I think a big one right now that kind of, he didn't make it there, but I think Bernie Sanders in America is an amazing guy. Right, always fighting for um, for equal pay for people, for more um, sustainable practices, tighter regulations on um, on uh, pollutants and polluters. And I, and I think he's an admirable person to be to look up to. But in terms of businesses, and and there may be some, but obviously Patagonia is a big one. You know, Patagonia is, um, you know, their, their campaign of do not buy this jacket was a great one simply because it just proved that actually, you know, you can um, repair a man. You don't always have the solution isn't always to buy your way out of the problem that you have. Yeah. And, you know, other and IKEA are doing a great job of opening stores that, that um, sell their secondhand furniture. But as much as these big names that we all know, local communities, local shops, that's the local businesses that are setting up um, zero zero waste um, stores. And historically, we, for one of our shows, actually, we use this great business down in Southampton called the Southampton Wood Recycling Centre. They use wood, they use reclaimed wood. And we built one of our stands for one of our shows using reclaimed wood so that it was just like, well, because it was 
just as easy going being as going down to B and Q. So it's like, okay, we'll, we'll do use the reclaimed stuff. So um, it's just about using, you know, understanding using using local and um, trying to reduce as much waste as we can. Suki, what would you like other companies to learn from Noble Thirst? Um, well, seeing as we're very early stage, um, I would be, it would be a bit grand of me to say that people should learn from us. But what we hope we will start to um, lay down is a, a benchmark for thinking about things differently. You know, embracing green tech, understanding that actually, if we look at things as the big picture, they can make commercial sense as well as sustainable sense. Um, and just trying to get that balance a bit more equal than, um, than it is right now. Mm. And, and for some business leaders that are perhaps apprehensive about making or believe that sustainable alternatives or sustainable choices lead to less profit, could you explain a bit more about your what you've found in your journey? Well, this is actually really interesting because I think that's where we have to move away from looking, thinking it's so one thinking about things so one dimensionally. Um, you know, um, we we can look at things like the triple bottom line: people, planet, and profit. Um, which really shows that the importance, at the end of the day, the importance of having making profit is great. If you don't have the people, there's no point in having the profit, right? And the people need somewhere to live, so you need the planet right, to, to have the people to have the profit. So it's good, it's kind of everything is reliant. So when we talk about profit, we have to understand it's it's only reliant on the societies that it's within, and then the environment in which those societies live. And what what's next for you what are you most worried about and what are you most hopeful for um so we have literally just gone from a rebrand of our drinks cubed which is our previous branding to noble which we feel um reflects our vision a little bit more accurately so it's with any startup it's kind of going through that rebranding stage kind of you, you know, that rebirth and trying to say okay well we've still got the same ethos but we just like look slightly differently but that's also the most exciting thing as well right is is, is seeing the response people what people think of the, the new way we look the new way we sound and you know it's like having you know it's like growing a beard <laughs> you're the same person underneath but yeah it just looks like different so yeah, yeah. Suki, I, I personally love it. Like you know, and you. seeing the transformation from Drinks Cubed to to Noble Noble Thirst is 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 wonderful. I love the color color schemes on it. So uh, that's my personal opinion. Let's let's hope the the listeners agree. Um, really appreciate it today. I've now is the quick fire round. So okay. try to answer as quick as possible. What does sustainability mean to you? A fairer future. For everyone something's better that, that benefits everyone equally what's the best business book you've read uh donut economics um really you know really interesting about how we need to think about everything within and some a lot of stuff isn't priced into our economic model uh, what was the um author of that one again was it kate oh now you're asking what's your favorite sustainable hack 
Um, oh, God, that's a good one. It's, um, well, right now, it's making sure that I've got, um, I'm using bigger amounts of, I'm buying stuff in bulk. So it's less packaging. It's, um, I'm a big porridge fan. So I'm buying like enormous bags of porridge and it's less packaging waste. Um, and I'm making it in big batches anyway. So it's kind of, it's great. Wonderful. What would be one bit of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? Don't worry so much. Um, you know, things are um, going to take, things take time. Um, and if we, yeah, and like we've spoken about earlier, it's just, you can't conquer anything in a day. It's, it's about habits. It's about building those good habits and, um, yeah. It's all going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yes, absolutely. Suki, please tell us where we can connect with you and with Noble Thirst and how can the listeners support you? Wonderful. So our social media platform, our social media handles are still at Drinks Cubed. So on Insta, but they will be soon changing to at Noble Thirst. Um, we've um, got a holding page up on the site at the moment because our website isn't officially launched. Um, so, but please do look, go on to noblethirst.com and sign up for the newsletter. You will receive 50% off your first order when we actually launch. And, um, and yeah, and it will keep you informed of what, all the stuff we're doing. Amazing. Thank, thank you so much, Suki. Really appreciate it. Thanks for today. Bye. All right. No worries, man. Take care. Thank you very much. If you're inspired by my conversation with Suki, please remember to subscribe leave us a review and share it with anyone that you think would love to join our community. Remember to live what you listen and to put the action of what you've learned today because knowledge isn't power, it's potential power. And you have to use that knowledge for it to be powerful. Together, we can make the sustainable attainable. I'm Gianavelli, and this is The Kind Community Show.